I don't, did you, I don't know, like, there, she's out there. You're the Florida version of Sex in the City, JV. That's what I was smoking my cigar. <laughs> don't be an asshole today. Good. Okay. Just making sure our sound is good. <laughs> We're recording. Mike, this is my co-host, JD Danner. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. How are you? Thanks. She is in sunny South Florida. I am in London and you are where now? I am in Surrey. You're in Surrey. I'm in Surrey actually too. So yeah, you must I'm... be, are you, are you near me? I'm in Wallington. Um, I'm in Leatherhead. So, oh, okay. I've seen that on the way to the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, so that's great. So, Mike Lawson, you've written a book, and I love the title. Thank you. Yeah, this um, gets with Blanche. Yes. So <laughs> Blanche is um, she's very northern. She's from Salford. She's of a, a certain era where it was okay. where people <laughs> had morals. Um, ah. <laughs> Lance is is disgusted at modern day Britain and um, what the politicians get away with, and really the whole celebrity culture of how people how how the kids really look up to these stars with you know the Love Island era, how they'll they'll do anything to to become a celebrity. So it, it's really taking the poking fun really at, at the government and and us as as a society in, in modern day Britain, um, mm -hmm. and just what we're willing to do to to find celebrity status. Geez, that's timely. That yes. Is timely. <laughs> <laughs> Everything we're going through. I Mike, I got to tell you, I love the cover. We've got Blanche standing outside of uh, Number Ten Downing Street. Um, now this book launches in September, correct? Correct. Yeah, it does. Uh, Mid September, it will be out on Amazon, um, and the Facebook uh, page Biscuits with Blanche is uh, filled with updates and has uh, daily letters from Blanche from there. And that's really how the book started as, as a blog on Facebook, um, and it just snowballed from there. So there's lots wow. of stories. Uh, I was cabin crew for um, over 15 years. So lots of stories of the world that, I, that I've got at, at um, 30,000 feet, I've worked their way into the book. So it's, a, it's quite an interesting read. Mm -hmm. would, you, would you call it like a dark satire? It's definitely satire, absolutely okay. satire. <laughs> it's very much reminiscent of the old Sue Townsend books, um, like Adrian Mole and right. um, the, Queen, uh, the Queen and I. Uh, and inside number 10 and then my biggest influence from, from when I was growing up was Victoria Wood oh yes who is um she's also from Manchester like myself from Bury. um and there's definitely references to Victoria Wood and Sue Townsend as as you go through the book so oh, it's wow. very very northern um that sort of quick-witted humor and uh, whilst also it's got heart as well um, oh, yeah. doesn't forget the, the human side of a dark story. Right. So 
I always found uh, in Victoria's work, she was able to make a dark situation very funny. Yes. Um, and I think that's just what we do as people, isn't it? Is, is when we find with our dark humour and it's how we get through certain periods. So right. it's, it's definitely making, you know, using that as a, as a, as a tool really to, to laugh at. Um, 2020, which is when the book was set during the pandemic and, and how difficult it was. Is this your first book, Mike, or you've had, you've had others? This is my first book, not to be confused with an American author called Mike Lawson, who's <laughs> written about 10 books. Um, <laughs> someone messaged me the other day and was like, I've pre-ordered all your books. Uh, and I can't <laughs> wait to it. And I was like, no, this is my first one. Oh, uh, but I'm sure that Mike Lawson in, in America would be very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> exactly jay victoria wood is like um i'm trying to think of the equivalent um american actress um i i you know a cross between carol burnett maybe um you know somebody that she she is an she was amazing talent like comedian writer performer uh, she sometimes incorporated like music into her stuff. Um, oh. Any, any um, thing that she was in, she just made it better, you know? Yeah. Uh, and she uh, lost a battle with cancer recently. And it was, it was devastating because she was in her prime. She was in her prime. It was Aww. so uh, sad. And my, my wife was, was such a huge fan and I didn't know who she was when I moved over here. And mm -hmm. my wife uh, inundated me with um, Victoria Wood stuff, yeah. whether it's on YouTube or the whole series of Dinner Ladies, which was mm -hmm. fantastic, great. Like, um, um, I, I, do you remember like the old show in, um, in the 80s called It's a Living? Yeah. About oh, the yeah. actresses. Mm -hmm. So this oh, was, yeah. yeah, this was kind of like along those lines, but these were like, lunch ladies that worked in at a factory cafeteria oh you know? okay. okay okay so it wasn't like the glamorous ladies of that right. but it was that kind of camaraderie um but it was uh it was so well done it, it was you know it was just every everything she did one woman shows you know it was amazing so man mike you picked a winner to model you know <laughs> to model that after because <laughs> she's so beloved you know even even though she's gone she's still so beloved and anytime you see a clip or anything like for me it chokes me up you know because I didn't know who she was for you know like I said and I just learned about her but you know it was such a deep dive in in learning about her and uh, yeah. understanding her her humor and her wit and everything and everything she did with Julie Walters and mm -hmm. you know uh, like I said any anything she did was just so well done that it was such a connection you know, and then to all of a sudden here I am just discovering her and then and then she's gone, you know. Oh, um, yeah. She's yeah. definitely someone who got better and better as a, her career, yeah. career progressed. Yeah. And, um, you know, she started off with, um, you know, the, the very straight plays um, yep. before a stand-up uh, tours and then um, Dinner Ladies, as you mentioned, the fantastic. Right, um, so good, so good. You can watch it over and over and over again and it stays relevant. <laughs> a bug in here my cat's going berserk it, it <laughs> a moth yeah, moth got in my cat's going nuts she's getting, don't don't step on the laptop 
<laughs> every night now because it's been like so warm and then all of a sudden it got cool and and as soon as I put the overhead lights on you know she'll find a bug in the room that's probably been there all day you know but she's just now is noticing it with the with the bright lights on lord don't even don't don't let it go so how did you find your um your inspiration like to write this like like did it happen during did it come during the pandemic while you were in quarantine and wanting so, something to write about it definitely gave me time to write um the the book but Blanche herself uh, has been on the the Facebook page Biscuits with Blanche for uh, several years so she, it's been a work in progress and there's so much material because of our government to satirize everything at the moment um, you know bless Boris Johnson uh, as much as I am <laughs> very anti-Tory um, yeah they have just been a feast for for satire yeah um, mm -hmm. and, and every decision they they make you, you you've been able to do a whole stand-up comedy show on it if you know if, if you wanted to yeah um, this week alone with, with, <laughs> with you know Liz Truss in the news and you know the leadership contest and you'd be for forgiven to mistake it it was a contestally you know head boy head girl at high school it, it's yeah, yeah. It's so immature and amateurist the way they are it really is it really is so um yeah the, the lockdown was definitely um a catalyst to, to write more and for the book but i also think that provided the heart of the book as well to see how much people were struggling in the news and yeah the other side of the pandemic yes it was the first lockdown i think everyone was like wow this is amazing we've got all this time off work the weather was <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. We got furlough. we're still being paid yeah actually the opposite side of that was you know people losing loved ones and their family members the impacts it had on, on people's lives and, yeah and then the frustration of, of people when you're seeing the news and and seeing that these politicians are unaccountable for the, their decisions and getting away with murder if if you like yeah yeah not following any of the rules they're setting you know Absolutely. not following anything either one thing after another after another from matt hancock you know snogging some chick in the hallway to mm -hmm. wine and cheese business meeting you know parties uh, yeah the party gate scandal it really it, it was just absolutely laughable you know mm -hmm. and in the same right like in the states there was that same you know, uh, feeling going on because, you know, you know, at that, right in the beginning of the pandemic, you had Trump just throwing everything back to the states. So you had some states yeah. like Florida going, no, you don't have to wear a mask. Everything's open. We're not closing anything. And then you had other states that, you know, New York, that was a hot spot that was just completely shut down from the subway <laughs> stations, you know, to the shops, restaurants, everything, people couldn't leave their apartments. And then, you know, so what are they doing? They're getting on planes and they're going to Florida because you can go there and you can not wear a mask and everything's open. Right. You know, it was just absolutely, you know, the same thing. Like every decision was just such a joke, you know? That's you know, right. Really, yeah. yeah, it was, it was a super, super strange to think that, you know, the, the leaders of these countries were fucking it up as badly as possible, <laughs> you know? And it was just, and that's all that was on. Like every time you turned on the news, you know, it was something else. We, 
we chose to kind of like not really, you know, watch the evening news. Like we just found so many different shows that were underrated and underappreciated and we just binged on them. And, and some of them like mirrored what was going on. Like I found, we watched yeah. um, Staged with Michael Sheehan and David Tennant. And, um, and it was all done over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like they were trying to rehearse for something over Zoom that they had been cast in, um, you know, and it was just an absolute comedy, but it was, it was, it was so well done. And it really was this slight reflection of what we were all going through, but they were playing themselves, you know, they were playing themselves and what they were going and their spouses, you know? So um, yeah, we were finding like these little um, shows that we've maybe heard about, you know, and, and we were just like, oh, let's we'll, we'll watch this. We got the time, you know, whatever, whatever. So um, yeah, we, I, I think we found, um, you know, a new appreciation for, you know, scripted things again, because I don't know about you, right. but I'm so sick of reality shows, you know, like I can't. Exactly. I so agree. I couldn't can't. agree more. <laughs> yeah, like I want uh, something that's scripted and produced and, you know, there's some thought and some effort and it's not a reboot, you know, <laughs> like right. original comedy, you know, kind of things. And we, we found like so much of it. And, uh, and that's pretty much, you know, how we passed our evenings. Like during the day, we were all about the home projects. Yeah. And, uh, and then Jay, that's when we started the podcast. Right. You exactly. know, yeah. the time. <laughs> I think so. that that's when creative, you know, things are born, like with your book, you know, you know, like, I think that you, you just have the time and you finally can put that time to, to that. So, yeah. and you don't or, feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's normally to me, what puts me off a project is that I've given up something else, you know, mm-hmm. like, all of a sudden I'm not like doing my normal running around cleaning routine in the morning, you know, and, and clean, you know, it's, it's having the time to do it guilt-free because you don't have anywhere else to be. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it was being able to, to, to do something and, um, you know, immerse yourself in it without the guilt because you have the time to do something and and be creative and, and yeah. Yes, there's nothing that was dropping by the wayside. It was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a a great, a great point was that, you know, when you can give something your all and and give it your focus, you know, first of all, you're putting out something, you know, obviously, that's better, you know, than than when you're distracted, and you're half-assing something because you have a deadline, you know? Um, Yeah, I think this is, um, you know, a great way to use the time, like you said, this Facebook page has been, how did it, how did it go from a Facebook page? Like, did people just start getting involved because they liked the title or did you, yeah, were you dropping saying, yeah. hints, yeah. dropping little hints or? Um, so the more, to, to go, to briefly go back to the to lockdown again, the, the frustration that we all felt, um, Blanche was definitely my vehicle to vent my frustrations at the government. Um, because Blanche's biscuits with Blanche is told in agony aunt letters and Blanche's the agony aunt. So she dares to give the advice that you wish you could give yourself. Okay. So the letters are from, as well as the, the general public, are satirized from Boris Johnson's cabinet. Oh. Um, oh. And then with the response from, from Blanche. And, and really, she's saying what we are all thinking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the voice of the times. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
<laughs> the the more of these letters that um, I was writing, the more then I started to think about, okay, what goes on behind the government? What effect is this having um, on people uh, of all their decisions that they're making? And it's not just about COVID. Um, you know, the Tories are in government. I think as LGBT people, um, the Section 28 is still very much there from, from their decision of, of banning, um, you know, the teaching of, of being LGBT people in school. Right, right. Uh, from the 80s and from the 90s and, and how that still affects us in, in um, our life. And the book is very LGBTQ. It, it, it does also makes fun out of us as a, a community and, and um, but again as I say there's, there's a heart there to it and one of the, the themes within the book is um, uh, a man who's, who's married to a, to a woman and then comes out but the reason behind that is because of the shame that they feel because of the Tories from the 80s and the 90s. Okay. Yeah. So I just it started for me as these as I start to write more and more letters I could just see there was uh, you know, a thread to hold them together. Um, mm -hmm. And it really, um, you know, I, I keep on saying it's about the Tories, it's the Tories, it's actually not, it's about people. Yeah. Um, uh, and and what we are up against in our society in Britain. It's um, difficult. Like, I think a lot of people mistake us um, over here as, you know, to being extremely liberal and, you know, you don't hear anything about, like, for instance, just, out of the you know like in, in the states you can't donate blood if you're you know if you're gay mm -hmm. and um and they're you know in the states they're starting to ban some conversion therapy like state by state you know but over mm -hmm. here you don't see a big push for that well so this know? for me is, is a, a huge point um which I've discussed recently on the blog is, you know, Liz Truss is here and I think she's changed her mind on what she thinks a trans person is. Um, on, she's definitely changed her mind on conversion therapy and she seems to wake up and it depends what side of the bed she wakes yeah. up as to uh, what response she gives right. to the media that day. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you can see that hate crime in the UK is, is on the up, I read an article today of, of how just how bad it is really for, um, LGBT people um, here mm. in England. When you have politicians that are almost making um, flippant comments or flippant decisions about very serious yeah. issues, yeah. it doesn't help our community at no. all. I feel yeah. like it's about how can I get more votes? Like how can I appease this particular community mm. to get their votes, even though they're not gonna do anything you know, for that community? If they just give them the lip service that they so badly want to hear, they'll get the votes. But in the end, will anything get done? Probably not. So, you know, it is, it's hard. It, it, it's really difficult to, to you know, it, it's, um, I don't get to vote over here. You know, uh, obviously I'm not, you know, I have my indefinite leave to remain, but I'm not a British citizen, so I don't get to vote. Um, mm -hmm. And I didn't, uh, I haven't given up, you know, my my passport yet or anything. So, um, the thing of it is, like in in the in the states too, you know, anywhere where you can vote, you want to be able to vote. But it's such a big decision, you know, to do your research and find out why you uh, you know you're drawn to to this particular candidate. Let's 
look at at their platform and see what they're committed to doing you know and it's really a big decision and people take it lightly you know i think when you're a privileged straight white male or female you take it for granted you know because there's not a lot that's being taken away from you or that's yeah. being scrutinized um you know but when you're in a marginalized group you know if you're in the in the queer sector like you really want to make sure that you're doing the right thing for yourself and your community by who you're voting for, you know, and I'll never understand, you know, when, when a queer person is like a Republican, I just, I don't get that, you know, and the same thing over here, like, why would you vote for someone that's not doing anything for your community or not recognizing your community or actively working against your community? I don't really understand that and I get that that shouldn't be the only thing that you're looking for in a candidate there's a lot of other a lot of other uh, issues going on you know it's not just about me and just about my community but that's a huge part of it and so it is a really big decision and mm -hmm. you know it's um it's really difficult to sit there and especially listening to these like you said it is like um like a like a high school debate um, you know, thing, because Jay, almost every other night here, because, you know, Boris got pushed out. Now, yeah. there's, there's literally no prime minister. You know, he can say that he's still prime minister, but I feel like we're just all taking care of ourselves. At this point. <laughs> yeah, but these I, two well. gone to Butlins. I think all the Tories have packed up and they've just gone to Butlins for, for the, <laughs> the Butlins holiday. And no one is making any decisions um, <laughs> at all. There's no one there to steer the country. We yeah, are I feel the same way. I see all this stuff coming out on Twitter about like, oh, you can go get your second boosters if you're over 50 over that. I, I, it's like, I didn't, I haven't, I haven't seen anything about that. They're not saying anything. Where's the health secretary? Yeah. Where's the, you know, like every other day there was a press conference you know about vaccines and and what you're eligible and all, and all of a sudden nothing is happening like, i think the only people who are making the decisions at the minute are those with a magic eight ball you know that, that's <laughs> yeah. what it feels like you know ask, ask me again later, later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah ask me again later yeah exactly it's weird so, though because they're on tv every night like they're having <laughs> like rishi Sunik and Liz Truss are on every night and and you know I've watched one and I thought this is it this is who we got to pick from like this, <laughs> that's I mean I don't feel like we're going to be better off with either one of them but who am I to say you know it's, how do you replace that him you you have a vote is that what you're saying that you I you able to vote from or no this is the the really scary thing is that only about 400 people uh, sorry, I've, I'm probably exaggerating. It's only members of the Tory party who actually get to elect the leader. So whatever that number is, whether it's 4,000, 40,000, or even 400,000, mm -hmm. it's certainly wow. not um, a representation of what the majority of the Br British public think. It is only those who've signed up to be a member of the Tories. Oh. And who oh. would want to admit that they're a member of the Tories? <laughs> uh, certainly not I. Yeah, it's it's a really strange way of doing things. Like it's not a general election, you know, oh. it's, it's, you know, uh, picking the leader from, uh, you know, Boris's party basically. So mm -hmm. he's out, but a member of, of his party is going to now step up and be prime minister. And it's like, is that, 
really fair. Like, yeah. You know, they were all at fault for this, you know, sinking ship of a government. Like I, so yeah, I feel like it, it's the lesser of two evils. It's the same thing. It'll be the same thing in the States, you know, come 2024. Everybody will be going, Biden's too old and Trump's going to run again. Can't have him running again. It's like the lesser of two evils. Who are you going to do? You know, and it's, it's what, it's just, you know, like, God, we're just all, it's just a hot fucking mess of a clusterfuck going on in the world, no matter where you're at. So, so I'm glad that you've written a book that, you know, that's giving Blanche a voice, you know? <laughs> I, mean? I have a question, Mike. Um, how did you, this is like a non-political question, I guess, is the how did you come up with the illustration for Blanche? Like, was that uh, a cartoonized version of a person or did you in your did you mind? Her? That is um, an absolutely brilliant question. So um, the front cover, um, I had an absolutely brilliant illustrator who, who did it mm -hmm. for me, but I gave him pictures of my gran oh. um, <laughs> from, fantastic. from years ago. And my, my gran, uh, the original Blanche, um, was this very strong uh, lady from Salford who, you know, she was the straight talking woman. Can we just um, put that? Ah, I don't know. There you go. Yeah, I was looking at it on my phone. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I love the boots. I love her go-go boots. Or <laughs> uh, it, the it just, it's absolutely perfect. The, the front cover, I couldn't have wished for, for a better picture. But yeah, <laughs> uh, the original Blanche is my grand. And there are several pictures of her, uh, which I sent to the illustrator. And that's what he come back with. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah that is fantastic. I, I It's fun working with an animator, though, isn't it? I'm, I've just come off a project um, where uh, they had to do me. And, uh, you know, it's really funny how you can send a million pictures and they come back with something that picks up on points that you've never noticed about yourself, yeah. you know? <laughs> so yeah, but that's, it, you You got yourself a good animator. <laughs> yeah, she's got, she's got a lot of like spunk. Like I, she looks like she's got character. What is her, uh, what is she holding in her, in her hand? She's got like a bottle of- A bottle of gin. Oh, I love it. A bottle of gin. <laughs> a bottle of gin. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. it is. That's fantastic. I love Blanche. Like you want to have tea with her or something. Or yeah, some you gym. definitely want to, want to go to the Savoy, have a drink and dish with Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's she's fantastic. She's, she's definitely a, a feisty lady. That's great. <laughs> is your is your grand still alive or no? No, she passed about 10 years ago. Oh, um, she would be proud though. Yeah, and, and I think she'd probably agree with a lot of what Blanche says. Um, mm -hmm. and the book is very much focused on these really strong women from, from Salford, from the North. Um, and some of the the language that the well the language that is used in the in the book is a very northern language, um, some of it is very old school um, Coronation Street. So when you used to get like Elsie Tanner in the in the Rovers Return, and they used to use a very specific Lancashire dialect, yeah. uh, that is reflected in, in the book as well. It, it very much homes in on on the north. Oh, how fun! 
So I'll have a hard time understanding. <laughs> I think our cor uh, coronation street over here uh, uh, is like, um, I want to say um, another world, one life to live. Oh, okay. You know, like a, like soap, soap opera. Yeah, soap opera, but it's been on for what, 55 years now? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's one. It's the longest running one, I think. I think it's the longest, longest running one. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I mean, even now, like every once in a while, uh, there was a channel here that was playing Days of Our Lives, mm -hmm. an American soap opera that I remember from when I was in high school. Like I would skip my last class, catch a ride <laughs> home with my cousin who was in a grade up above me, catch a ride home with my cousin. Cause I didn't want to miss it. And, um, and this was probably like when I was, Oh, I would say like 15, maybe <laughs> 15 or 16. Like I didn't have my license yet. Um, but here I am watching it now I'm fucking 53 and the same <laughs> characters are still on right? <laughs> same characters are still on. And I'm like, oh, I am amazed. I'm like, absolutely amazed. So I imagine like the people that are Corey fans what the one thing I do like about soap operas over here is that they're they bring in fresh characters you know every now and then even though they have the same ones you know running running through it um they bring on a lot of uh, a lot of fresh characters and take on a lot of new talent um but uh guiding light not in the states, <laughs> not in the states. <laughs> I was the guiding light I watched the guy guiding light, light. Yeah, yeah and I think that was still running online at some point somewhere yes. I don't know Oh, I just read that uh, that Days of Our Lives is now moving to to the Peacock. So they went from NBC oh. to Peacock, and people are kind of outraged because they're going to have if they don't have the Peacock, they're going to have to pay for yet another streaming service to watch oh, the right, right. soap opera. Where there's other ones like General Hospital that are just sitting comfortably for free on ABC. So <laughs> I think that's going to cause a little bit of an uproar. But um, we'll see. Let's let's hope to God we never have to pay to watch Corey. <laughs> um, I think there's so, uproar in the north of England. Yeah, it'd be an uproar, big time. Big Do you time. have a little bobblehead of Blanche? Because I could see that, like oh, Blanche like, merchandise. Like, yeah, I think she's great for merchandising. Oh, do you know that's I really have thought about that. I mean, she'd look brilliant on some t-shirts with her. Oh yeah, t-shirts, tea cozies. Everything like coasters for the gin, yeah. Coasters for yes, the gin. coasters for the gin. Yeah, the gin itself. Maybe you could come out with a label. Blanche's you know? gin, yeah. Should work with Brighton Gin on that and see if you <laughs> can't get a a Blanche edition. Be I think, have, yeah, I think you have great marketing ability with her. Like, for yeah, I see potential. I see mm -hmm. potential. I, think we, I could definitely put some of her quotes on some t-shirts for some pride events yes yeah. yes oh my god yes cards you could do greeting cards oh yeah a whole line of greeting cards that'd be fantastic <laughs> we're gonna have to have a whole website for merchandising i love the name yeah Blanche. it's great it's just yeah. great the whole thing yeah there's something like powerful yet bitchy yet comforting like yet, you know the era, like you know yes. the era of that, yes. of that woman, you know, yeah, exactly, yes, all encompassing. Mm -hmm. Good work <laughs> with that, Mike. Really yeah. good work with that. That's Thank great. You. You're gonna have yourself uh, a busy future when the, the book launches in mid September. Yeah, fingers crossed, and, and thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you.
It's been amazing. I appreciate you uh, staying up with us uh, to mm-hmm. do this. It's fantastic. Um, good luck with it. And thank you for uh, for sharing some insights on Blanche yeah. and, uh, and how she came about. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you. I will make thank sure you. I will send you both a copy. Thank you. Stay in touch. Let us know how it goes. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm going, I'm actually, I'm going back to, uh, I'm going back to Florida in November. So I, I'll bring hers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Save you the postage. Write it for us. Yeah, sign it. Definitely. All right, my friend, take care. It was lovely meeting you. Good luck with all of it. Why do you always run back to like, never stop chasing your dreams. You're addicted to a touch. That's true. And I confess. My addiction. My addiction is you. We drank way too much whiskey. Don't ask me why I'm here tonight. I had to take this midnight drive to find you. And as I come in through the door, I see her dancing on the floor beside you. Why do you always run back to the love you once knew? You're addicted to her touch, that's true. And I confess, my addiction is you. Feels my